I guess we didn't talk about how we're going to start. This is a crazy episode! Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Keep, keep that voice up the whole time, yeah. Sorry! Right. <laughs> I, I already lost it. I already lost it. Ah, <laughs> what? What me worry? What? Me worry? What? Yeah. Me Yes, me, me worry. worry. What? <laughs> me worry. What? what? Who? Oh, me worry. Him worry. Me oh. worry. Me worry. Me worry. Oh. Oh, him worry. Yeah. Say what? Me worry. Okay, this is a dumb let's way just, to start. Let's just start the stupid <laughs> show. Yeah. This may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero issues comic podcast. Zero issues comic podcast. Excelsior! Nine years, you think we'd know what we're doing. Mm-mm. No one knows what they're doing. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to Zero Issues Comic Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Bry. I'm another host that you can find on this show. My name is Merck, and I am the third of the three hosts. There are three hosts. That that's This is like a triple tonight show. No. <laughs> Our guests <laughs> competing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you play ping pong. You, yeah. I don't know, do carpool karaoke or some shit. And uh, <laughs> I will just uh, laugh incessantly at everything that my guest says. Three tonight shows. Yeah. No, oh, I will laugh God. incessantly. Stop it. it. Oh wait, carpool karaoke is James Corden, right? Uh, who gives? That's it? true. Yeah, that's right. That's that yeah, is whatever. correct. Fallon's probably got something like that too, right? Where they like, there's some singing and you sing. And you sing, and that's Fallon the show. Fallon does a ton of those little bits. All yeah, those yeah. Said, yeah. How he does lip syncings. He does lip syncings. Hey, look stuff. the lip syncing thing. There you go. Yeah, sing without singing. Sing with your body. That works well for an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now Merck is going to lip sync to "Like a Surgeon." Wow! Look at him go. Ooh. He's got all the moves that Weird Al does. <laughs> wow. Anyways, now that I've warmed up, mm-hmm. let's let's go to the warm up. Yes. Welcome to the warm up. Today's warm up is a fun one. Uh, I came upon this kind of accidentally. Uh, there is a, um, a YouTube channel called Trash Theory. And it just said Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Clicked it, watched it. I sent it to both of you. It's the second or third Scott Pilgrim book. Yeah. It is. It's the third. Act- I never knew it was the name of the actual book. But it, I was, it turns out it's also linked to this idea, which spawns from there's the whole Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. And if you play it, starting it right at a certain point uh, with Wizard of Oz, they sync up. And there's all these little coincidences along the way, and it's so amazing. And I'm pretty sure I did it. Pretty sure I was very young and we were very drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really remember a lot of it. But I, it was a fun time. Whatever. But uh, apparently they say that uh, it, it's the whole Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness because Scott Pilgrim, the movie, um, links up with Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. which it 
spoiler alert, it doesn't. Oh, no? <laughs> At that all. That shirt was Surprise. not a clue the whole time. That shirt was not important. And, and really, neither <sighs> does Dark Side of the Moon. But it, it stems out of an interview with uh, Edgar Wright, um, kind of going off that thing, like, what what sort of album would that would sync up? And, oh, Infinite Sadness? Or he yeah. said something with Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, Infinite Sadness. Okay. And I never really thought about it, but in the movie, Scott wears two different pumpkin shirt mm-hmm. through yeah. the movie so i was like oh that's interesting uh and there's supposed little links but it doesn't really work out no uh so but in this video they talk about that and then they talk about other theories uh like paul mccartney is really dead which i've watched the documentary on it and that's mm-hmm. actually super fascinating <laughs> i remember hearing about that i was this would have been i would have been like 19 or 20 years old uh working at a gas station doing the overnight shift had it tuned to LU Radio, go LU Radio, local yeah. uh, local college radio. It was my first CIA exposure radio. to the station. And it was just two guys talking about weird conspiracy theories, including the Paul McCartney is dead one. First time I'd ever heard it, it was three in the morning. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's on the radio and it rules. It is yeah. amazing. Yeah. There is a really good, uh, it's called Paul McCartney really is dead. The last testament of George Harrison. You can find it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's pretty fascinating. Um, so they mentioned that sort of thing, little things like that, or the, the idea that James Bond is actually just a code name and it's not the actual person. Right. Which, I to me, makes sense. Yeah, except that, when the a- one Bond go visit, goes and visits the other Bond's wife's grave. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Awkward. So my idea, now that we're finally getting to the idea, uh, from spawning from that, the idea of coming up with an album that yeah. would uh, sync up with a comic book movie and how would they would sync up or outlandish comic book theories. Okay. So my, my theory that Ferris Bueller is actually, actually a prequel to Fight Club will not be uh, relevant, but that's fine. <laughs> but that's fine. It's just Cameron bleeding, going, I want to create, I want to crush something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got one real quick. Uh, sure. Just a really quick one. So if you listen to the R.E.M. song, uh, It's the End of the World as We Know It, on a loop while watching Dr. Strangelove, when the world ends, it's we'll be playing It's the End of the World as We Know It. And you know what? I feel fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. true. Yeah. Not comic book related, but I'll give it to you. Well, I mean, but it's... Mo- it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen... <laughs> Comic book related, actually, um, the the it's a, it's actually a a big theory that's that's brewing up in certain circles that Black Adam only failed in the box office because it was originally intended to have the that rap song that The Rock is on playing on repeat the entire time, mm. but it was too powerful, uh, so they had to it's cut too that. much. It was too much, and uh, you know. Maybe they made the wrong call. The, we'll the people know. sitting in the D box seats were just shaking out of out of control. <laughs> they They're all died. The D box. They seats. all died. That's, That's right. how they knew it was too powerful. <laughs> they got rock bottomed and people's elbowed. And yeah, un- yeah, yeah. All all immediately, all the time, <laughs> nonstop. It was like a Jinji Ito uh, comic. It was really disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrifying. Okay, so here's the two examples that I I wrote down and gave to these two guys. 
which turns out to be two of my better ones that I came up with. Right. Uh, the idea that the thing, Ben Grimm, is and has never been a rock monster, but that's just the way he views himself. So mm. it's always from his own viewpoint, and he was never a monster. Uh, he was just a guy. My question is, does everyone else, like, is he projecting the appearance, like, psychically somehow to everyone else? Or is everyone else just, like, just being a complete prick, like, the whole time? Or they've tried to help him, and they he just won't listen, and he yeah. just keeps, I'm a monster! Uh, you're fine. Everyone just pr- go go with this. He'll get there eventually. Yeah. And then 60-something years pass, and... You can only help a person so much, they have yeah. to help themselves. That's so, true, yeah. true. Uh, the other one that sorry, I'll I'll give my other one really quickly. And yeah, because I've got uh, something that's actually pretty close to that thing one. Oh, does it? Oh. Okay, you go ahead. Yeah. Then. So I I had heard uh, the theory or made up the theory. You tell me. Oh. That that Charles Xavier isn't actually psychic. He doesn't actually read people's minds. What he does is that when when his mutant power you know came about first emerged whatever the word is. He's actually controlling the minds of of everyone around him at all times. Um, so when he thinks he's reading someone's mind, he's actually he's making them think that, and then mm. assuming that he is reading their mind. But he's actually controlling everyone on the planet's thoughts, or everyone within a certain Ooh. radiance radius of him. He's controlling all of their thoughts. is is just a master of of all thinking. So any of any bad stuff that happens, that's on him. Good stuff also on him. <laughs> he's just God now. Yeah, he's. He, but don't tell he's him God that. that doesn't know he's God. Do not oh. tell him that under any circumstances. It's weirdly <laughs> better this way. You don't need him knowing. <laughs> yeah. He's he is a Fair bad point. dude <laughs> and a bad dad. A bad dad. I I didn't I didn't fully flesh it out, but I tried to come up with something about Xavier, and it mm. was just I had started off on the idea that he actually has no powers whatsoever, and he's just some weird creepy guy that hangs out at the. Xavier Mant at this, this mansion is my just school. Happened. He seems to have the same name, but and they all just humor him and they just wheel him around. Yes, Professor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah they call him Professor in air quotes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's put him in Hall C for a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the other one that I had was uh, Victor Von Doom never existed, but it's actually just the flip side of Reed Richards, and he's been battling himself for years. Okay, when you posted Punching that, himself in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was that was something that you came up with. I thought that was a legit a real fan one. theory. Oh no, no, that's kind of like mean, the no, century. That's a legitimate well, I mean, fan it is thing. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, my, there is actually a pretty big theory. Like even you know the the JFK thing is the most one of the most famous like you know a million conspiracy theories and stuff about that in the real life. But in the Marvel universe, the main overriding theory is that the grassy knoll was actually Groot the whole time. I thought it was Krakoa. Oh, I mean... Groot sitting on a little baby Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little baby Groot. Is it also in, baby Groot? Groot? With a little gun that yeah. Rocket Raccoon is sitting in yeah. baby Groot. In, in the bush, mm-hmm. because you wouldn't know. In the bush. He's he's very, he's good at and that. And Baby sort of Yoda's thing. there, too. They're all <laughs> super cute. <laughs> That's right. Cuteness overload. And this is why Disney, the Disney Corporation is the enemy of Florida. Anyway, for some reason. To to bring it back to the the movie sync up thing just for a little bit. And this one is a little more tied to comic books. Um, Mm -hmm. If you put on uh, Wesley Willis and the Drag News 
uh, Greatest Hits <laughs> Volume 3. Yeah. Uh, at the 20 minute mark of Spider-Man 3, then at the climax of the film where Venom and Sandman are, uh, uh, you know, whipping Spider-Man's ass, uh, guess what song comes on? That's right. Rock and Roll McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow. All right. Here's my album sync up one. And this one is for Kyle. So I mentioned this at the start. And I said I had something that he's going to really like, so we'll see if... Uh, and he said he was going to write it down. And, yeah, but uh, if, I, if I don't get it right, I don't want to hold up my paper. <laughs> You're going to hold it up? Celine I only, only want to hold it up if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, it's uh, They Might Be Giants, Apollo 18. It says <laughs> They Might Be Giants. There you go. Oh, my they God. They Might Be Giants, Apollo 18, and it syncs up with Spider-Man No Way Home. Because there's the Statue of Liberty, syncs up with the Statue Got Me High, Spider, he's our hero. That anywhere fits in there mm-hmm. uh, well, with any yes. of them. Uh, My Evil Twin is when he first encounters the other Spider-Man. Uh, I, Palindrome I, uh, the first line in that is, Someday mother will die and, and I'll, I'll get, get the money. money. Uh, that's when Aunt May dies. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> That's horrible. Now, what about fingertips? It, now do fingertips. Uh, that's... Well, when everything uh, is catching on fire, that's, that's when everything that's when is catching on fire. When he's, <laughs> when he's hugging MJ? I don't know. Yeah. Um, when they're all in the lab, uh, you just hear, uh, please pass the milk, please. <laughs> <laughs> please pass the milk, please. Please pass the milk, please. Please pass the milk, please. Yeah, all of that stuff perfectly syncs up. I'm mm-hmm. not making that up at all. It's all perfectly there. Well, I gotta rewatch that movie and re-listen to that album. Yeah, and at the end, mm-hmm. he walks alone, darkened corridors. Oh, I just really like they might be giants. Is the thing? You yeah, guys. it's true. I know Bruce Wayne actually died as well in the alley, and this is his life in purgatory for being a rich boy who didn't save his parents. Is it lost or is it Jacob's ladder? <laughs> Bruce's ladder. Just lost on Jacob's oh. ladder. Oh. Jacob's lost. <laughs> Down the ladder. It's trapped on it with Matthew Fox. Good luck. Mm-hmm. You'll need it. Yeah. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. This isn't a real one, but a part of me wants to put on Zack Snyder's Justice League and just Weird Al's greatest hits just from the start and just see how things go. I just want to combine those two and just see what the experience is. And, you know, at some point I'll do it and I'll check back in. We'll have a follow-up. <laughs> Next week. Is, is there a four-hour-long yes, yes. version of Weird Al's Greatest Hits? I hope so. There should be. But I mean, I, I just... you know, you look on Apple Music, there's all these, you know, yeah. you just, playlists. Yeah, you, you just gotta... start uh, You start his first album, and then when that ends, you put on the second album and yeah. then the third yeah. album. Just keep yeah. going. And just loop them both together I actually, forever. I, I'm not sure if that's a real one or not, but I know a real one is if you sync it up with the soundtrack from uh, the first two Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games, it, uh, it syncs up pretty well. <laughs> oh, right on. He is that a might Superman. Be, that might even be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I tried to uh, sync up Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, with uh, Phil Collins, No Jacket Required, because I just wanted him to dance to Susudio over the start. <sighs> but then I was like, I just want Susudio through the whole movie. The whole time. Su, su, studio. They're doing the dance off. Su, su, studio. 
That's like the, the I don't think I've seen that video. <laughs> that's gonna be his the actual on screen. He's gonna find the third tape, and it was just that, and it's just like I, yeah, you know, she was really into it. I, I, one more. Let me um, hit me with that juicy last one. Last one is also about a Bruce, but this is Bruce Banner. Yeah, uh, and it's the theory that he actually died in the gamma bomb explosion, and uh, every th- all his adventures that he's had as the Hulk are actually just the flashes uh, of his life flashing before his eyes, and they're all metaphors for his anger and his treat his angry treatment towards other people and treatment towards him. Hmm. What about all the crossovers with the rest of the universe? Is that like a, we got like, look, the, we're the not going too deep, deep into this. Batman. What is that a metaphor for? Yeah. 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 Uh, what is that a meta metaphor for? Meta metaphor for? <laughs> <laughs> He's also scared of bats. What the f***? Let's get mad. Speaking of getting mad, mad. It's a mad TV theme. Just <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, Mad, the, yeah. the the comic, the magazine, Mad Magazine, the incomparable um, Will Sasso. We're not talking about the incomparable <laughs> Will Sasso. We're <sighs> talking about Ari Spears. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, my notebook is just. Full of scrawlings just saying Will Sasso again and again, so uh, I'm very prepared. I don't know the time he fought Bret Hart. Will, Will Sasso. Dun, 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 just put that to the studio. Yeah. Will, Will Sasso. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Who's editing this? Mad- God damn it, it's me. Yeah. Um, Mad Magazine was started by Harvey Kurtzman and mm-hmm. William Gaines uh, of EC Comics fame in 1952. And when it first started, it was an actual comic. Yeah, that, okay, that blew my mind because I always, Mm. like, I know it wasn't a comic for long, but. No, till issue 24, and then it became a magazine. So it was for a very short time. Dodge that, uh, dodge that comics code authority. (laughs) Yeah. I think of it as a magazine, like, uh, like Maxim or FHM. Well, it was originally just, like, strictly, (laughs) like, kind of comic book parody and then kind of, you know, branched out a bit more, you know? Yeah. It branched out more. And then it was like, um, like I remember it, it, it. My brother used to get it. I think he had a subscription. Oh, my Ooh, goodness. Wow. I know. Fancy, totally. uh, fancy and it was young just, gentleman. Yeah, yeah. So that's like late 70s, early 80s. And that was prime time for that. Like all I remember are those, the fantastic satirical stuff of like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and all the Star Trek movies and like Indiana the, Jones. the more Drucker stuff. Yeah, it's just it's amazing covers that just look so great. All the stuff that came like Spy versus Spy was my favorite part of. The oh movie. yeah, I just I loved those things. They were just so dumb and just so funny and so mm-hmm. simple. Yeah, uh, amazing. So it yeah it, it started in the fifties and it started at, at EC, which was you know they did a lot of like horror stuff and then you know something happened and for some reason there weren't as many horror books it was so weird yeah, everything, that, uh, everything all these went horror well books and just... there were no problems i i was led to believe mm. <laughs> yes, everything's good there certainly everything. wasn't uh, everything's gonna be all right massive problem that uh that made them not do any horror books and so mad was really that was that was their their flagship title after after things like uh tales from the crypt and Vault of Horrors and whatnot had to had to go away for a while. 
and yeah, like like you said, issue twenty four in in July nineteen fifty five, it it restructured from a comic into a magazine, and that's where it stayed for you know what seventy years. Really dead. It, it was twenty eighteen when when they finally sort of pulled the plug, and then they've brought it back since. They, yeah, it rebooted or something in the same year or something. Yeah. Um, well, because it was owned by DC, so it, it was it was mandated to have a reboot. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred is, E. Newman begins. Yeah, which is funny the because Newman Crisis. Like they really had sort of when it first came out, Mad was the Newman Fifty Two. Sorry. Oh my uh, goodness! Countdown. He did it. He did it. Right, right. You were saying it's always kind of funny that uh, that Mad like DC ended up owning or buying Mad just because of uh, you know they, they didn't sell super well at first, but then they did like a Superman parody, which uh, really took off, and then uh, DC was extremely angry and uh, protective. So you can't you can't fight it. They're going to get you eventually. It, it wasn't the last time that uh, that. People would get angry and litigious with them. Uh, in no. the sixties, there was th- there was uh, a lawsuit over joke lyrics that had been printed. So you know, joke lyrics that you can sing along with with your favorite hits. Yep. Uh, they won that one because you know parody, fair use, uh, yes. paving the way for Weird Al. Hell yeah! Thank God. And then, some if not Al- for them, yeah, Weird Al would would not be the cultural milestone that he is. <laughs> We've already brought up in this episode. This episode, yeah. Oh, we well, bring let's... him up every episode. He's our, he's our buddy. He's our good friend, Weird Al, Fred. He's really the fourth zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that what we call of... ourselves? Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> speaking of Alfred, there is yeah. Alfred E. Newman, mm. who is the the quintessential mascot for Mad Magazine. Our dad. When doing research for this episode, I, I never knew this. Uh, discovered that Harvey Kurtzman just saw a doodle. Like it was, he wasn't there right from the start. It, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. It was a couple years in before the, uh, he was at the office, and there was a little doodle of a guy on on the corkboard or something, and the bulletin board at at Ballantine Books where they were published, um, and just liked it and adopted it as as the mascot. But no one knows. Who actually came up with it? Nobody knows who did that drawing and designed them at the start. Um, that was in 1954. And then I also found out that initially that you didn't have the name Alfred E. Newman. Uh, the the name, he was unnamed for quite a while until a staffer saw uh, the name in the credits of a movie. who was He was listed as the composer, Alfred E. Newman, who turns out he's the uncle of Randy Newman. <laughs> Incredible. And to avoid any and to avoid any legal problems, change the spelling of Newman, which is like Randy Newman and, Al, and the original Alfred E. Newman is N E W M and also Newman. Uh, Newman, yeah, yeah. Um, change the spelling of the last name. Although I did see on another website, they said versions of Alfred have been floating around since 1876. Yeah, I don't what? know how credible that is. But huh. uh, so there, there was name. there was another lawsuit um, where the the widow of someone who had purportedly drawn the character in in the 19th century <laughs> really okay. tried to tried oh, to take Mad to court saying like hey my you know my late husband did this and the the judge basically said like maybe he did but he did not do a good job of protecting his copyright so <laughs> mm. yeah sorry later you're f-ed. yeah. 
Should have mailed a picture of Alfred E. Newman to himself. My other uh, conspiracy, he's, he's real. He's just an ageless immortal who looks exactly like that, who just lives in the shadows. And from time to time, he shows his face to, to inspire those to draw him. I've got a story about that, then. Oh, dear Lord. And he does sound like The Simpsons. And yes. here's where it, it gets creepy. Yes. Um, yes. In a ninth, for I don't, nobody knows why. Uh, and it actually says in, in the articles that I read about this that they specifically had no idea why he did this. Nobody could figure it out. 1959, there was a TV special, Another Evening with Fred Astaire, like the, the famous dancer and entertainer, yeah. Fred Astaire. Astaire wore a very well he, – well, he hired uh, like a Hollywood effects makeup artist guy. Tom Savini. To create a very well-made Alfred E. Newman mask. And when I first saw pictures of it, I thought it was just like it just went over and it was rigid and that was it. And then when I clicked on some of the videos and I finally found a couple videos of it, just little clips of this thing, it moves. Like the mouth moves and it is the creepiest thing. He's at a bar and this woman comes up to the bar and they throw like a boa over her and all of a sudden she – he's like singing or something. I could never find the actual audio because I found two – if you look up Fred Astaire as Alfred E. Newman, there's a, a YouTube video of that. And then another one called Who Stole the Kishka? And the Who Stole the Kishka is a like a it sounds like a it's a polka that's playing through it. And it's got intercut with other weird images. And then the Fred Astaire as Alfred E. Newman, it just has the What Me Worry song. There's a song called What Me Worry. Oh. Based on Alfred E. Newman, and it's and there just is that one loop. where it's it's synced up with uh, melancholy and the infinite sadness as well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. It's originally apparently in the actual episode. Uh, it was Duke Ellington's uh, "Sophisticated" is what they were dancing okay. to, but I can't. I I haven't been able to find the actual audio. So just every time I see it, it's with different music and it's super creepy. Again, the Check real, the real Alfred E. Newman, who is very real. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, it's that's the secret. super weird. Yeah. I'm, I want to jump in here with a quick little mad magazine quiz. Yes, please. Oh no, I'm going to lose. You know, the, it's amazing that that has been famous for its, uh, its film and television parodies. Uh, I have a list of seven of those parodies I'm going to give you the title of the original film, and I want you to guess what the uh, what the parody title uh, is. Whoever's uh, closer or makes me laugh gets the point. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. okay. So number one, Aquaman. Ooh. Ugh. Aquaham. <laughs> you gotta Aquaham. Go Aquaham. 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 I, I got nothing. I uh, Aquabed. Aqua bedpan, but that's like at best is is for an issue of crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's not crazy. bad level. Occasional, the it's more. We're gonna do crazy. an episode where we're talking about crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, more like crack a painter level. or what yeah. the yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 the painter crack, yeah the cracks right. painter yeah. yeah yeah um no so the actual answer was awkward man oh awkward comma man okay. I guess I guess. Uh, number two, Road to Perdition, which is a comic. It was a comic. Yeah. Graphic novel. What do you got? Road to Pretension. I don't know. Bryce's Road to Pretension. I got Water nothing. retention. I, I could never um, work for Mad, clearly. This is very upsetting. I'm going to give that to, I'm going to give that to Bry. As good as, as but, much as I love water retention. Uh, water was road, road to Sedation. 
Oh. oh. Zing. Yeah, that's a better one, though. That's a better one. Getting getting a little closer in time. Uh, okay. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. What? Do we, just guess. Just guess. <laughs> lawn, lawn of just us. Pretty good. Just uh, on a lawn. Yeah, hanging out on the lawn. Uh, Dawn, I don't know, Dawn of licensing. <laughs> Dawn of, Dawn of franchising. I don't know what the hell. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was, so it was Batty Man v Superman. Dumb and joyless. Oh, I mean, when you're right, you're right. Kind of mean. So it was an accurate review. Yes, kind of mean. Uh, Okay, (laughs) what about uh, what about even newer Avengers Endgame? What could it be? Mm. (sighs) I'm making a lot of frustrated noises. That's for whoever's got this one can save them up. Uh, Aquaham. Aquaham. (laughs) Aquaham gets the point. Yeah, it was Aquaham. That's the thing. If you're going to say Aquaham, it's going to get the point. Uh, it was it was Avengers. Is this ever going to uh, end, game? Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Is this ever going to end, man? No. Yeah. Three more. Yeah. Uh, three more to go. Tied game. What about, what about here's, a, here's a simple one. What about Watchmen? Broken Watchmen. Mm, <laughs> pretty um, good. Digital Watchmen. Um, also pretty good. Unwatchable, man. <laughs> I don't know. See, that's the <laughs> that's one that's gonna good. get it. That's right, got it. pretty good. Um, it was Botchman, but uh, I think Unwatchable Man was. Yeah. that's a good, that's a better yeah. title. Yeah. Okay, maybe I can uh, work for Matt after all. <laughs> kind of similar. Uh, X Men. What do you think X Men would have been? It's definitely like Blechman or something, something like that. That's what I think. And you'd be like, you wouldn't be wrong X. for thinking that. No. Oh no, it, that's not what worse. it was. But you wouldn't be that's wrong for thinking worse. that. It was it was uh, dollar sign men. Okay, which I mean, yeah. how do you pronounce that? Cash men. Dollar sign men. Yeah, cha-ching yeah. men. It just has the cha-ching noise. Yeah. I assume. Oh. All right, one more. Okay. What do you think it was for American Pie? <laughs> American Sty. No. American uh, Sty. Hmm. Oh. You know what the tone's gonna be. It's just how is it gonna? How's the wordplay gonna? You I don't know? think it's, you know what the tone's Ger- gonna be. I gotta German be honest. Meat I don't pie. think you know um, what the tone's gonna be. Oh, all right. Well, you know, it's American Bry, and they all—they all have my face. American Bry. <laughs> Bry wins. Bry wins the Yay. game. <laughs> bye, uh, bye, Mister American Bry. Yeah. And just, just, uh, just so you know, no one's curious. Uh, it's it, the uh, the Mad Magazine parody of American Pie was, of course, called. I'm entering pie. I'm entering. Oh my oh god! Dick first. <laughs> you can hear me coming. Um, yeah. Alfred E. You can hear me Newman. Slurping. Alfred O. Newman. <laughs> I got a couple other interesting little tidbits I discovered about right. Mad tidbits. Magazine. Um, there's the Mad Folden cover uh, we were talking about. Uh, um. Al Jaffe, who just recently passed away. We mm-hmm. The actually incomparable Al Jaffe, of course. Did nearly 500 of the things. Amazing. Mm. Like, and really, a lot, like, so incredibly well-crafted. Just the idea to be able to make a folding cover that works and then make comments on society and yeah. culture and mm-hmm. so how you're doing it. It's crazy. Um, and it, out of the entire time that he did it for, like, what, 50 years or whatever it was, um, it was only rejected once and it hmm. was, uh, and I don't know, 
the context of this. It sounds bad, but who knows what the context was. He was obviously making a, a reference to something. Uh, it had a reference to a 2013 mass shooting. Mm. Um, so citing poor taste, uh, they destroyed over 600,000 copies of the of the magazine. So which, which is weird the way it so said it went that. To I was print, like, and then- so it went to print and then, yeah, I know. I'm like, it went to print and then decided it was poor taste and then destroyed the magazines. Like, what? oh, all right. Weird. That really seems like more of an editor issue than anything else. Like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another little story I found was uh, Spy vs. Spy, which is one of my favorites. Spy, uh, mm-hmm. It was created by Antonio Prohias, I believe his name was pronounced. He was a Cuban cartoonist. Uh, and early in the early years, like in the, in the 60s, he was very critical of Castro, Fidel Castro at the time. So he left for America in the 60s um, because the Cubans – um, got suspicious of him in his like cartoonist satirical way that he was commenting on uh, Castro got uh, suspicious of him being a real spy for the CIA. Well, he had that uh, long nose and that, uh, that hat. And, the, and there the was the other hat. guy that looked exactly the same as him, but wore exactly. a different colored outfit. So that's fair. He was always carrying around a giant circular bomb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't, of course, he was not a spy, but he left for his, him and his family's safety. Uh, he got there and I think he took his daughter along with him to help him translate. Yes. Um, and approached Mad Magazine offices and when arriving in New York and, uh, yeah, Mm. it was born. Yeah. Spy versus Uh, spy. Similar to that, uh, Sergio Arajonas, uh, who... You know, wanted wanted to work for the company and was basically looking at at the gutters around it and be like, "Why don't I just fill this? You've got all this mm-hmm. extra real estate. Let me do stuff in here." And that is the best job. I would that love is to do that. Genius. That's genius. Like, that's what I do yeah. for fun. So I'd love to ruin that by making it my job. Literally every piece of paper in front of me my whole life. Yeah. Sergio uh, contributed more than 12,000 little visual tiny jokes <laughs> in those little gutter lines and other spots uh, through the magazines, appearing in every issue since 1963, except one in 1964 where his drawings were lost in the mail. But someone, yeah. some mailman has those now. Uh, it's Kevin Costner. Hmm. Hmm. The yeah. mailman. <laughs> That's what that movie was called, right? The Mailman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, did we did we discuss that there was uh, the time there was an FBI file on Mad Magazine? No, no, but let's let's Please. let's discuss that. So this was uh, back in the day with famously uh, in in the fifties, um, famously uh, good humored uh, FBI director J. Edgar Hoover yeah, <laughs> was our only bad guy. Yeah, 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 just a chill guy. Um, he was alerted to kind of a gag, a gag that was put published in Mad Magazine. I think it was in like 1957. Um, so uh, there was a game about draft dodging, and they said uh, that the part of the game was that they were advised that they would have to that they should write to FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover and um, cert- try to certify themselves as a full fledged draft dodger uh, and get a you know to get a membership card. <laughs> So apparently, at least three people did it. 
not <laughs> just not many not many i mean it's <laughs> jagger hoover i mean it seems like uh, probably yeah, like maybe, these, yeah, maybe these are some these are some dudes with nothing do to lose. it on your way to canada yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um yeah so he uh they con- like uh so congress basically like had called him to testify obviously previously uh gains in, in 1954 so this is already like they're already on uh, on a bit of a, sh- a shit list, you know what I mean, with the government. So, um, yeah. So what happened was they FBI agents, I think, like literally went to Mad Magazine's offices, and uh, you know, to, to be re- re- uh, ordered by Hoover to make contact and advise them of our displeasure, and to to, in, to make sure there <laughs> be no repetition of such misuse of the director's name, like such an absolute. Yeah. yeah. So they went and then they went there and they met with uh the art director of the magazine John Putnam um and and he basically just sort of said, "Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't intend anything malicious. Just the usual kind of boilerplate like But just wait yeah, till the next issue." Some jokes. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um and they had to like send apologies and really just just suck up. <laughs> but like, yeah, like you talk it just literally just making a clear joke. <laughs> Some people just don't like being made fun of. Cowards. That's very true. Oh, uh, yeah. So two years later, uh, I guess there was an issue that had uh, a couple of uh, derogatory mentions as put of Hoover. Um, and then there's a vacuum cleaner called the Honorable J. Edgar, Edgar Electrolux, which is uh, is being compared to a vacuum for I don't know what reason, but uh, maybe just because he vacuum. sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. How could I if not? If only make there were some sort of vacuum that had the same name yes, as him. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so yeah, uh, so you know, ticked him off, ticked everyone off again. Obviously, it's like, well, clearly they didn't mean it when they said they were sorry. Oh, and Mad so then Magazine. They, sent they were sarcastic and they would... <laughs> killed everyone in the office. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, to, so to speak a little bit on the, on the legacy of Mad Magazine, I think like you look at modern at least modern superhero comics. And there are yes. a lot of jokes in there. There's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of lampshade hanging on like, how ridiculous is this lifestyle that superheroes live? Uh, mm. That sort of thing. And I don't think that would be possible with, without mad magazine having existed. Uh, yeah, I think it made true. it a lot more okay to, to just poke fun and, and satirize and not take things seriously. 100% of the time. Hmm. I think like Mad Magazine along with like National Lampoon Magazine and uh like especially in the 70s, 60s into 70s mm-hmm. um well, like when Saturday Night Live started and like these are big cultural touchstones in North America uh, yeah. and worldwide but especially North that's that became a lot of the basis of our humor. Uh, yeah. It's very very a lot of satirical stuff but a lot of like over the top kind of humor. Yeah, like British I mean, humor is very I would, different. I would think of it, like early ap- early seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, yeah oh, like the time. first you know three to four seasons where like sometimes stuff is very dark and very cynical and and very satirical, yeah. uh, and that that is absolutely uh, a reflection of of the stuff that came before it. Yeah, For sure. And uh, like South Park. Oh yeah, and absolutely. How, how that were absolutely yeah just. Following directly with what's going off, and let's do that. Make fun of everything all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are no sacred cows. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, and the, even back for comics, even at the time, right? Because like you know, Mad predates or kind of comes around like the Silver Age uh, 
hits years later and stuff, and definitely gets a little more self-aware and jokey and, you know, satirical at points, too, at that point, uh, during that time. So, yeah, yeah, everything just sort of literally just changed culture entirely in some so many key ways. So I think, you know, comics may be completely different with without something like that having never existed. So mm. I like comics right now. Uh, so I'm glad it did. I'm glad it exists. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a question. That's my strong. That's my strong statement. It's Kyle's yep. strong statement of the week. <laughs> glung glung. Now play. And the, this episode, you have to also line up with uh, Weird Al. Uh, so your strong statement of the week lines up with Dare to Be Stupid. That's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, who are we? It's a coincidence. <laughs> I'm stupid. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I didn't mean it like that at all. I just meant I'm it. not young, dumb, and ugly. I'm not young. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, right. Let's wrap that up. And uh, who are we? Well, well I guess I'm Kyle. I'm... <laughs> no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, that was misinterpreted entirely. I'm Bri. <laughs> and uh, my name's Bri. You can find me at welcometohereafter.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Tumblr at uh, my name, which is B-R-Y. K-O-T-Y-K. Uh, my name is Kyle Lees, and you can find me just by uh, Googling uh, The Kyle Lees or uh, The Kyle Lees on Instagram. Uh, you can check out the stuff that I make, uh, the stuff that I do, and uh, you'll see me enter in pie. Mouth first. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, pie enters me as I enter it. It's a, it's a sicko. Uh. It's a sicko world out there. Oh, dear God. The pie that entered itself. <laughs> Somehow. It's a pie robberess. Yeah. It's a pie chart. Um, I'm Merck. You can find me at MerkAsylum.ca, M-E-R-K-A-S-Y-L-U-M.ca. Um, Merck on Facebook, Merkanaut like Astronaut on Instagram. I uh, thank you as always to Ocean City Defender at K. Preston Merkley for uh, his fantastic musical uh, interstitials and theme songs and everything who's yeah. been with us from the start um, mm-hmm. check him out under Ocean City Defender not the game but the music mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's about all we got that's yeah. all we have so we'll see you next week we'll see you next week yeah excuse yeah. me I'm going to read these tattered copies of crazy uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're cracked uh, that's that's a uh. chuckler okay <laughs> Bri is doing a lot of exhaling through the nose. (laughs) The end. The end.